Former New York radio host from WFAN is sentenced to 42 months after being caught in a ticket resale scheme. Europe slams the U.F. for their tariff threats because they say they're, quote, greatly exaggerated. And Ted Lieu plays Candace Owens' own words in a committee hearing on white supremacy to prove what she actually thinks on white supremacy. And she doesn't like that very much. And you may not have liked that so much. That might be why I got so much response, plus the other stories, but not quite enough to be top 10 material. They were great stories, but not quite at the very tippy top. So what stories are in the top 10 per se you this week? We'll go over them in just a moment here on the wrap-up show with Jay Cleveland Payne. And that's going to come up for the week ending April the 13th, 2019. And welcome. This is the wrap-up show with me. I'm Jay Cleveland Payne, your host for this podcast and the man who's the face behind everybody behind the thisisaconversation.com website. There are other people working it, but I tend to, well, I tend to take credit, and that's what I'm doing right now. For this website and this podcast, we do something that I think is really cool, and you seem to as well because you respond to it. Literally, you respond to it. What we do is we take all the stories from the news that don't really get a lot of play, although a lot of stories this week got a lot of single play, and we put them out there for you to tell us what is the most important. We literally ask you what's the most important stories of the week, what people are talking about, what people are having in their conversations, and not just what's completely stuck on the chirons on TV. But as we said, there's a lot of stories in the top 10 that are really, really big deal news, and we'll talk about that literally in your moments. But first, let's talk about how you can be a part of the conversation and get your say in this thing. All week long, from basically an eight-day standpoint from Friday to Friday, we post stories on social media, on Twitter and Facebook. About every 50 minutes or so, we'll have a new story up there for you to review. And as you go through your feed throughout the day and they pop up in your feed, we just ask you to respond to them if they get your attention. Like them, love them, hate them, share them, reply to them, do whatever seems appropriate to your level of happiness or level of sadness or level of anger to the story and just respond to it, engage with it. The more engagement the stories get, the higher to go in the, in, the, in the numbers. And at the end of the week, we put both the Twitter and the Facebook in an algorithm uh, spreadsheet and weigh things out so things are even and give you a top 10 for however you decide to be. This week is a top 10 out of 199 distinct different postings. So thank you so much for keeping up with that. We were a little lax this week, but we had some things going on behind the scenes that kind of got in the way. We still got... 199 postings, which is a lot. We think we did pretty good well on that one. In the second segment of the show, we'll go through the number 199 story. We call it the almost irrelevant story of the week. It's usually a story that's later, late, later posted, posted later in the week, like Thursday night, Friday morning. It doesn't get a lot of love. But it turned to be things that are really, really semi-important, things that should get a little more attention. So it's really cool to get out there. This week, not so much. But we'll tell you about that when we get there. We also do housekeeping in the second segment where we talk about some of the things that made the top 10 top 10 including today we have a super story in there and we'll explain what a super story is more detail when we get to it and how it got to be that way in the top 10 story we also have a third segment in that segment we will round out the top 15 we literally go to stories 11 through 15 the stories we talked about in the tease and maybe little bits and pieces of why they didn't quite make it into the top for the week so without further ado let's get into the actual stories for this week starting off with story number 10 and because we're working on brevity i'm going to give you the headline give you the source tell you a little bit about the background and let you read the words of the person who wrote this because they're much more powerful than the mumbling I can do to get through it. Here's a headline as I wrote it, as I take it from a couple of different postings on Twitter when I saw it come down and then added some things myself. It turned into Utah Jazz's Cal Corver pens a powerful essay on NBA and race and how his experience as a white guy in the NBA have shaped his worldview. This came from the Players Tribune. This is the website of media host made by Derek Jeter that he created when he retired from baseball. Monday, April the 8th was the day this was posted. And if you can't find it on the Players Tribune, if you want to have a quick link to it, go to our website. This is a conversation.com. And in this week's posting for this week's episode, we have links to every single story we talk about. A link straight to this one. Now, a quick deal on what happened. Kyle Culver is an NBA port guard, and he's a white guy, as you probably guessed from the actual title. 
an incident. He's playing for the Utah Jazz currently, and an incident a few weeks ago happened with a black player getting into it with a white fan, and the whole issue was essentially a racially charged argument. From that, the team, that's Utah Jazz, who hosted that game, had a team meeting with the owners talking about some of their complaints about the way some of their fans are being and how some of them aren't very comfortable how things are being things being said at them specifically. These are mostly the players of color, the black players. One of the players that spoke up in this meeting is a player who is from Switzerland, but he is a black person of African descent named Thabo Cephalosa. He was a teammate of Kyle Corver's back years ago in Atlanta, an incident with him, also something that was racially charged, made him think about it. Although it didn't dawn on him back then, something in this conversation made Kyle Corver think about this, and it took him a few days to write this in there. Go to the Players' Tribune and find it, or go to our website, thisisaconversation.com. Click on the link for this week's story, and this week's podcast, and you'll see the link for the story, and you can see it for yourself it's very very deep read and it may make you think a little bit about how you perceive a few things out there let's move on to the number nine story this week it's a bump in response that means it's more response from more people than the number 10 story of five percent headline washington state raises smoking age from 221 seattle times Posted this one, this is where we got the source from, on Sunday, April the 7th. A few lines from this story read like this. Washington has become the ninth state to raise the smoking age following a national trend that has seen at least half a dozen legislatures approve similar proposals in recent months. Along with restricting traditional cigarettes, the new law raises the legal age in January 2020 for buying e-cigarettes and other vaping products, whether they include nicotine or not, and sets a penalty for selling to underage buyers. Governor Jay Inslee signed the bill on Friday in a Friday ceremony in Seattle, making Washington the third state this year after Virginia and Utah to sign bills into law raising the age. So this is becoming an actual trend. You see uh, along the lines, at first it was drinking ages. Drinking ages rising up from 18 to 21. That was something that actually literally caught me while I was in college away for the summer in one state and coming back to my state home and finding out I couldn't go to a bar for a few months. But this is something that's coming up as a way of protecting young people. I won't say children, but young people and people who may not be as responsible as they think they are but aren't to uh, take up on these things. Smoking becoming very quickly a very, very, very dying habit, a really bad fad that is maybe dying. Essentially, people jumping on the bandwagon of the e-cigarettes because they are safer, although they're not studies to show they're not. So we'll see how many more states join in this thing. It will, will eventually be a national or at least consensus by the states to have smoking ages, legal buying ages for cigarettes, should say, at 21. The number eight story gets a bump in response of five or 6.55%. Uh, this headline, Feds take down $1 billion Medicare fraud scheme in Operation Brace Yourself. Yes, that's what they named it. We got this from NBCNews.com. Here are a few lines from this story on a really odd name operation for a really, really, really big deal. Two dozen people, including doctors and owners of medical equipment companies, were charged in a more than a billion dollar Medicaid scam, authorities said Tuesday. Investigators uncovered the sprawling plot that targeted elderly and disabled people by setting them up with back, neck and knee braces they didn't need, according to federal prosecutors. Called Operation Brace Yourself, the investigation discovered that Medicare brace manufacturers were allegedly paying paying kickbacks and bribes to doctors working with fraudulent telemedicine companies in exchange for Medicare patients' referrals and medically unnecessary braces. The ill-gotten gains were then laundered through international shell companies and used to buy exotic cars, yachts, and luxury real estate in the United States and overseas, prosecutors said. So this was a very big deal, costing a very big a lot of money, not grammatically correct, Um, And, of course, targeting people who are extremely vulnerable, the elderly, people who are probably really sick, probably really in need and probably listening to these doctors because they think they're telling what they need and charging their Medicare for money that they don't need and for stuff they don't need, including braces. Although Brace Yourself as a name operation is one of the more quirkier names this year, probably not one of the more weirder names and probably they'll get a few more 
mean, it's only April. There's plenty of times for really big busts to happen. It'll come with that. So besides naming it Operation Brace Yourself, this was a very, very serious deal. And we're glad they figured this thing out. And number one, aren't bil- aren't bilking the government. Number two, aren't bilking people who don't need to be bothered like this. Let's move on to the number seven story where we go back to Florida and back to the total silliness that seems to be Florida. Florida cat lover pulls gun on a woman who asked her to stop feeding strays. There's your headline. Posted Monday, April the 8th. Bump in response of 3.35%. Yes, these are stories that you responded to, so don't blame me. Blame me the other guy if you want to make sure that, you make, that your stories are either more serious or even more sillier than this one. Make sure you are following us on Facebook and Twitter and you know, responding as it comes through. A few lines from the 10wavy.com, 10 on your side website, from the story they as they wrote it up. An Orlando woman has landed behind bars after she allegedly pulled a gun on someone who had asked her to stop feeding stray cats in their neighborhood. The Miami Herald reported Lisa Marine Saunders, 55, was arrested Thursday for aggravated assault with a firearm. According to the arrest affidavit, the victim had repeatedly complained to police and the Orange County Animal Control that Saunders was feeding stray cats in their neighborhood. The woman worried Saunders was luring sick cats to her neighborhood and that children might contract scabies from the animals. The victim said Animal Control had set up traps around the neighborhood to catch the sick animals, but Saunders fed them away from the traps. On March 30th, the victim saw Saunders park her car and leave loose cat food in the sidewalk, so she walked up to her car and tried to confront her. That's when investigators say Saunders brandished a gun, exited the car, and told the woman, don't F with me. She then hopped back in the car and drove away, the newspaper reported. Days later, the victim told police she ordered a pizza from Domino's, which Saunders delivered. <laughs> police spoke with the manager of Domino's to inquire about Saunders, asking if they had an employee who drove a car matching the description of the suspect's car. Yes, it's Lisa, said her employer, according to the affidavit, adding that she had been feeding stray cats in surrounding neighborhoods for the past two years. Saunders was arrested and booked into Orange County Jail. Her bond set for $10,000, according to court records. So, yeah, this is something that actually it's close to home because we had a, a neighbor in my neighborhood that literally kept the garage open and food out for all the stray cats that wandered out in our little tiny neighborhood. So there were cats everywhere. And, of course, they're, they live where they want to, so there's always a cat sleeping on the car or sitting on the roof or sometimes just chilling on the porch, just like, dude, I'm here. What you got going on? So something like this is something that bugs me personally. Uh, not that I'm a fan of cats because I'm really not, but that's not the real issue. It's just it really is a health issue. I don't know if scabies were going to be kids are getting scabies or anything like that, but feeding stray cats is not not a cool thing. Not that I'm not a cat lover being the problem, but that's it's still, still let, me, let me stop. Moving on to the number six story for this week. The headline, Baylor overcomes ill-timed injury, Notre Dame comeback to win women's national college basketball title. Posted on Sunday, April the 7th, bump a response of 3.24%. Let's go to a little bit from Yahoo Sports, posting this one up there, and this was a really good one. There are no other players the Notre Dame women basketball team would have won it at the final foul line Sunday night with its championship hopes on the stake. I totally butchered that. Arike Akabuwa has been women's basketball's queen in clutch, a label she earned over the course of a brilliant career highlighted by a pair of historic buzzer beaters on the sport's biggest stage. Having drawn a foul to give herself the chance to tie Sunday's national title game for a free throw line with less than two seconds to go, Okubuwe had a chance to be the hero once again. The 80.6% free throw shooter confidently strode to the foul line and released the first of two foul shots, only to bow her head in surprise and frustration as the ball rimmed out. That missed free throw proved to be the difference between Notre Dame forcing overtime and Baylor capturing the third national championship in program history. The Bears survived an ill-timed injury to maybe their most important player and sprinted four quarter comeback from the Irish to emerge with an 82-81 victory. So other than the fact that apparently my reading skills are diminishing, a great win by Baylor to get another national championship in the women's final four for basketball, overcoming Notre Dame who had a who, who put up a a amazing performance, but sometimes literally the ball doesn't bounce your way. 
Oddly enough, we're going to go from basketball and college basketball to college basketball. We're going to talk about the Final Four, but not the actual game that we had for the championship or technically the game in the Final Four, but the consequences. Also posted on Sunday, April the 7th, this gets a bump response of 6.81%. This headline, Texas students flip cars over Final Four win. USA Today is the source of this report. And this is the um, the other side of sports uh, celebrations, if you will. Texas Tech, the West Texas uh, College, might as well be in the middle of nowhere. Texas Tech in Lubbock got a big victory over Michigan State in the Final Four game, one of the Final Four games. That is the semifinal, not the actual championship game. Texas Tech showing that they are ready to be champions. The students and the I guess the neighbors and people in Lubbock went to the streets to riot. They turned over cars. They set couches on fires. They got into fights just like you do, just like you do, although it's more of a joke, when you win a big championship. Although they hadn't quite won the championship yet. They'd end up losing uh, on Monday night uh, in, in the final and actual championship game. So that would prove to be a bit of ill-timed pre work for the riots but texas tech showing that they are ready for big time college basketball and big time championships showed that they could riot like the big timers even if they did it a bit early you can read more about the story and get deeper into it by going to the website this is the conversation.com click on the link for this week's podcast and all the links for these stories including the usa today link for this one the texas tech student body and i guess all the lubbock residents going crazy on them on almost winning getting close but not quite there this week this next story is what we call a super story that is more than one story put together and the story that we're focused on a headline we focus on is the latter which happened yesterday as we recorded this on friday the 12th uh this was something that was a premonition we had an idea that something was going to happen something was up Late last week, early this week, if you want to call that, I think it was Friday or Saturday, but it actually happened yesterday. And this is what was really big Chiron news for the bulk of the day and the implications on what's going to happen as things are still playing out around 24 hours later. The headline, WikiLeaks founder Australian Julian Assange expelled from London, Ecuador Embassy. Thursday, the 11th, as I said, that was posted, bump in response of 8.2% from the number five story this week. Some of the details in this one, as we said, we had a story literally in the week about Assange going to be expelled, and then it actually happened on Thursday. What basically happened was the new president of Ecuador just got tired of Assange's BS, and sometimes his literal BS, as he was known to spread his feces on the walls into his room, which was just a converted office. Uh, he did all sort of weird things like skateboard in the middle of the night and just kind of wander around the embassy in his underwear and just very rude to people in his six years exile because essentially he exiled himself into the embassy as opposed to facing charges anywhere. Now, what we learned later on was that he was expelled and the, the London police picked him up in in um co- in co- coordination with the United States, they're bringing him back to the states, and they are charging him with essentially all the issues that is now Chelsea slash Bradley Manning's problems with WikiLeaks sending off the documents during the early parts of the Iraq and the Afghanistan war. So that's what he's actually being extradited for. The charges on rape in, in Sweden that have been essentially the thing that people thought he was really worried about have actually closed. But since he's out of the embassy now, they may bring those charges back up since they can actually get a hold of him. It might be worth their time to deal with that. Of course, after the United States have dealt with that. The really weird thing about this is, of course, asked by President Donald Trump, who famously said, I love WikiLeaks while he was on the campaign trail. He said, I don't know anything about WikiLeaks. Because that's what he do. Moving on to number three story, a very sad story on this one. Headline, firefighters are battling a blaze triggered by a suspected gas leak at building in downtown Durham, North Carolina. This is one we pulled because it was trending very heavy on Twitter, and it lasted quite a while, obviously, uh, lasting all the way to the number three spot. Number three spot this week in our countdown. And the story we pulled from ABC News, and they've updated the headline and so we're going to read the updated headline and go from the story as it's been the conclusion. Obviously, this was an ongoing thing. Uh, so now here's basically where it's wrapped up. The new headline is, Coffee Shop Owner Killed, 17 Hurt in Gas Explosion. 
A leaking gas line exploded Wednesday in a Durham shopping district, killing one person and injuring more than a dozen others as its firefighters were evacuating people from buildings near the rupture, authorities said. The blast reverberated across North Carolina City, turning one building into rubble, shattering windows blocks away and filling the air with acrid smoke. The owner of a coffee shop at the site of the blast was identified Wednesday night as the person who died. Jim Rogalski, 58, was working in his office across the street from the destroyed building when the explosion blew out the windows. At least four people working in cubicles by the windows suffered deep cuts, bloody head wounds, and other injuries, he said. There was lots of screaming, Rogalski said. It was pretty frantic there for a little bit until help showed up. Rogalski was seated one row away from the window and wasn't hurt. It was terrifying, he said. The whole building shook. Things started falling. Ceiling tiles and structured glass and debris, lots and lots of dust. It was tough to see beyond 20 feet or so. The explosion came about 15 minutes after the office's human resources manager sent an email warning that the city's fire department was investigating the smell of gas and that workers shouldn't leave the building through the front door, he said as a friend gave him a ride to Chapel Hill. Rogasi said he is forced to abandon his car in a nearby parking deck because authorities worried the blast may have weakened the structure. He goes deeper and deeper into the details of the story. Of course, thoughts or prayers that go out to uh, the man who did lose his life in there. And that's owner of the coffee shop, uh, identified as 61-year-old Kong Lee, uh, died. The only person who died in the explosion, but 17 people were hurt, sent to hospitals. And they are doing, as far as we can tell at this point, okay. Another very, very sad story in the number two spot, and this goes back a few months to when this originally happened. This is the top Facebook story of the week, and a lot of people gave lots of responses on this one. As you can expect, a lot of um, a lot of lot of tears and a lot of pent up anger in this situation, just because it's just it's just so tragic and weird. Cliff plunge that killed a family of eight ruled a murder suicide. Friday, April fifth was the day we posted this. 26.3% bump in response from the number two story. Here is some lines from New York Post where we pulled this actual piece of copy. Two women drugged themselves and their six adopted children before intentionally killing the entire family driving off a of California cliff last year, a special coroner's jury has said. The jury of eight women and six men unanimously found Thursday that Jennifer and Sarah Hart, both 38, committed suicide and that their six children, ages 12 to 19, died, quote, at the hands of another other than uh, the accident in the Menendez County murder-suicide on March 26, 2018, the San Francisco Chronicle reported. Jury's verdict came after eight investigators and one pathologist testified that the women took steps in advancing the intentional killing of their entire family by driving off a 100-foot cliff along Highway 1 near Westport with their drug children inside their 203 GMC Yukon. Quote, they both decided that this was going to be the end, that if they can't have their kids, then nobody was ever going to have those kids. This is from California High Road Patrol investigator Jake Slates. Fatal cl- crash, the largest mass murder in Menenso County history, according to Sheriff and Coroner Tom Allen. Happened just days after authorities in Washington State opened an investigation of the family after allegations suffered that the children were being neglected. You can go, you can go and read more on this one, or read more, look it up if you want to. This one just gets, um, this one just just really hurts to really go go over. But as we said, we have links to every single story that we talk about today at the website for this. It's a conversation dot com. Click on a link for this week's podcast, and you can read all the stories. And this one going to deeper detail. It's 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 tragic, but it's one that is actually um, it's actually important to really go into. I apologize for not being able to get deeper into it. This is one because it's come up over and over again. One of the children in the family was actually a fam- famously caught in a picture uh, hugging a police officer um, during some d- during during some sort of riot incident. It, 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 it just it, it turned into a turned into a viral moment and then to be found that he was one of the members of the fa- it it just it really t- it's hurt my heart so we're going to take a breath deep breath real quick and then move on to the number one story this week which gets really really serious and goes back to one of my normal memes of life which is complaining about 
how our president doesn't seem to understand how things work, let alone government or just people in general. First, the stats. Top Twitter story of the week. This gets a bumper response from the number two story of 44.5%. A bump in response from the number 10 story this week, which was Cal Corver in the Players' Tribune of 220%. And a bumper response from the 199 story, which will tell you what it is in a bit. Bumper response to that of 6,312%. Here's the headline. Secret Service Chief Randolph Ailes is fired. There's your headline. We pulled this point of copy from CNBC, but obviously it was everywhere. Let me just give you the basics, details, the key points, and kind of back up on this one a little bit. The Secret Service Director, the current Secret Service Director, Randolph Ailes, is no longer part of the detail. He is out. Acting Director will be James M. Murray, who's been a career member of the United States Secret Service. Going to take over sometime in May. From all reports, this is not based off a single incident, not one thing that was done, but these things are all sort of weird. Ailes has spent 40 years in service doing things such as security and those things like that, working on the Secret Service. And he is, um, from all accounts, a pretty good guy and very good at his job. But he's 65 years old. Maybe it was time for him to be looking for something else. Maybe it's just something that Trump was having a temper tantrum on. He already fired his um, director of Homeland Security, Christian Nielsen, and we found out later today or later this morning as I'm recording this that there was a plan that Nielsen and other people pushed back on to help them alleviate some of the pressures of the people crossing the border by dropping them off in random sanctuary cities, which was meant to mostly punish people who were opposing his opposing that being Donald Trump's policies, but also was just a very stupid idea. So we're not sure the exact reasons behind Randolph Ailes leaving or being left or being pushed out, however you want to place it, grammatically correct or not. But we do know that there's no longer him at the at the top level of the Secret Service. We don't know what's going to happen from there. In fact, I have no idea what's going to happen from here at all. I just know that I've finished up this week's top 10, and it's been a I don't know why it was such a troubling and trying and hard to read experience. I guess there are a lot of stories that really touched to touch me today and touched you guys as well. I'm glad that you participated. I want you to participate more. And if you did not participate, it's very simple to get in on the game. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook on Twitter. It is TH underscore conversation on Facebook. It is. This is a conversation. Make sure we are set as a prime primary default setting in your feed. So you see what's coming through. And you will see links to various news stories from various different sources. It's not all the same source, and so we try to spread it around a lot. We do get some left, some right, some middle, and some really, really silly ones. But if you see a story that makes you really want to react, react accordingly. Like it, love it, hate it, share it, reply to me. And the more engagement that each story gets, the higher it goes into the countdown. And you just heard the top ten stories in the countdown. Coming up in a minute, you'll hear the number 199 story in the countdown one that got very little engagement but was really, really, really weird. And we're going to talk about that. Plus, we'll explain our super story with WikiLinks and how it got to be where it was in just a moment. On the wrap-up show with Jay Cleveland Payne, this is a wrap-up show for the week ending April the 13th, 2019. Amazing experiences ready to be gifted or just used by you. Cloud9 Living has over 2,200 different unforgettable experiences of every taste, budget, and style. So the perfect gift for anyone that you can think of is somewhere on their list in the basic location, the basic budget rate, the basic level of adventure or non-adventure. They have the experience types that you want to live through. Adventure, driving, flying, glamping. Glamorous camping. That sounds cool. Guided city tours, golf lessons, scenic cruises, spa packages, and of course, just cool food and drink. 
Get to our website. It is thisisaconversation.com slash cloud nine. That's the numeral nine. Thisisaconversation.com slash cloud nine for a great deal on gift certificates from Cloud Nine Living. You can buy the gift certificate and then buy it directly, or you can buy it directly. You can buy a direct package you want to. But here's the cool thing about buying a gift certificate from Cloud Nine Living. Number one, using our link, you'll get a great deal with 10% off your gift certificate purchase. Number two, the Money value of the gift certificate never expires, no matter how long you wait to use your gift. And if you put something down on an actual experience and change your mind, you take the money back, put on another experience. It's just that simple. Cloud9 Living wants you to have the best experience. They've been creating memories like this since 2005 and want to make you a great grand addition to their list of satisfied customers. And we're glad to work with them. Check out all of our sponsors at our website. We appreciate that. But this week, we're putting an extra special emphasis on this one that's been with us for quite some time and pretty much makes everyone happy. Cloud9 Living. Let's start out with the housekeeping section of the section in section two, housekeeping segment of the section. We're just do not doing well on the speech patterns today. But our housekeeping is simply going to our superstore, the one story that may have been in question on where it would be. And that is on WikiLeaks founders, one Mr. Julian Assange. And the story, like we said in the in the first segment, when we talked about where its placement in number four was still developing today as we're recording this and developing later after we posted. We didn't post any updates to the story other than the fact that he was expelled. But we did do a bit of finagling, finagling to get it into the top 10. It was a number 14 story on its own, being that Julian Sage was going to be expelled from the embassy in Ecuador. That means the number 14 story of the week, which would have been the ground out top 15, was the fact that earlier in the week, we found out earlier in the, in the week as we count the, the eight days here, it was noted that people were keeping an eye on him and all the extra security outside the building as it was expected. He was going to be kicked out. Him being kicked out didn't quite get the splash it did on its own, but since they were essentially the same story, we put them together and, and like the Wonder Twins, it moved up to number four in the list. So technically, it didn't really move anything too far out of the way. It was already in the 15 already. So it did show up into the top 10, pushing something out of the top 10. But it didn't do anything massive to make a move. It did not make top 10 material on its own. But one of them was in the range. And together, it was a pretty big story for the week. It was a pretty big story anyway, just in general. But as we said, we tried to throw in a lot of different type of stories that aren't the main Chiron headlines. Although when Secret Service uh, Chief Randolph Ailes got fired, that turned to big Chiron news pretty quickly. But that's the only real error or the only real kind of finagery we did this week was that number four story on Julian Assange because it was not necessarily a number four story before we combined the two. So let's go to the almost relevant story this week. And this one is pretty much not all that relevant. It is kind of cool, though. It's something that I saw pop up in a few people's feeds, uh, just general regular people I follow just in general on Facebook. And once I saw it, it was like, yeah, this one's going into the, the story. This one's going to the list. We'll see what happens. You didn't see very much out, into it, out of it, whatever of it. But um, given some time and given maybe a different placement, it may have turned into something a bit bigger. Here is the headline from the actual story, not the headline that we doctored for the actual posting. I did some, because of where we pulled it, it was a little weird the way it came through. But headline is, Bugs the size of footballs found devouring alligator on ocean floor. Video shows. This was posted on Friday, April the 12th. So very, very early the morning that we are recording this. So that's part of the reason why it didn't get very much love. And we pulled it from the Charlotte Observer. This was a story uh, that was... It's been, actually been updated a few times today since we've been here. Uh, but uh, an underwater camera essentially put out there to check, keep an eye on things underground uh, saw um, what they described as giant scavenging isopods the size of pink footballs crawling atop a carcass of an undersea, like undersea roaches, 
um, in a six-minute video that posted on April 3rd on YouTube that shows it eating up an alligator. So if you want to check out the actual video, uh, you can um, go to our website, which is thisistheconversation.com, and click on the link for this week's podcast and see the listing for, it'll be listed as 16 because I can't figure the numbers out yet, but it's, it's the 199th store we posted this week. And the isopod, for those of you who are really looking into science, are distantly related to roly-polies or pill bugs, um, but that's so that's why they look what they look, how they look and how they are named what they're named. But apparently, these really large, before not so much seen things are rolling around on the floor, the size of footballs. Very large isopods are rolling around, cleaning the ocean floor, if you will, devouring of of things. It's it's you just you just, just watch the video. It's pretty pretty weird. In just a moment, we will round out the top 15. We'll go through stories 11 through 15, stories that didn't quite make it into the top 10, which I know is redundant saying that, but it is it is what it is. And we'll do some shout-outs to people who showed us extra love this week inside the Twitter and the Facebook on the, the Conversations wrap-up show with me, Jay Cleveland Payne, for the week ending April 13th, 2019. I am coming up with some milestones on my Your Better You podcast, both of them. Big numbers for Steps to Your Better You, the 90-second motivation one, and the 10-minute life lesson, which, as it said, a life lesson in 10 minutes. Both of them hitting some pretty big numbers. The 10-minute life lesson getting a full bigger number because it's actually technically rolling up to episode number or past episode number 200. Yeah, I know it's only at 40, but that's because we relaunched it with a different name. And, of course, the 150th episode of Steps to Your Better You. That one was a consecutive 150 weeks of advertising and pushing that one. So check out that and check out if you're looking for something else I do. Yes, I may do too much, but I think I do most of it fairly well. Coaching, personal development work, all those things can be found at yourbetteryou.info. And both of those podcasts, Steps to Your Better You and the 10-Minute Life Lesson Podcast. Getting in the shout outs for this week, people who loved us, literally liked, loved, shared. Some of them hated and frowned a bit and cried some throughout the week in the stories we posted across the internets, from the internets across our thing. So here is what we have in way of shout outs, starting off with Twitter today. Smash this podcast, who just started following us fairly recently. Thank you so much for joining in in the love. Also, Disha, Beyond the Sea, In the Flesh showing love as well michael jensen one very legal and very cool elaine thank you for being very legal and very cool and following us and some love from a big time follower this year or this this month should say brian thomas facebook love to those who showed me some love this week james mitchell sean ogoligan of course my man big o erica lowry jones cat troop anon amos a few more in as well including tony brown uh, Adele Carnes and Kelly Reed for joining in this week. Also, Kate Barnett, one of our usual suspects, showing me extra love to some links as well. So with the love fest out of the way, let's get the rest of the show out of the way and go to the final 11, final five, I should say, 11 through 15 for the week. Uh, the stories that didn't quite make it into the scheme of things, but came really, really close. And the closest one was number 11 this week. That story headline is, Ex-WFAN host Craig Carton sentenced to 42 months in ticket rescale, resale scheme. If you don't know who Greg Carton is, you probably don't follow radio media or definitely radio media in New York City. Craig Carlton is a former host on the radio for a couple different uh, stations, so he's a big-time guy in a big-time market. He also got picked up for a ticket scheme, uh, resale scheme a few, well, quite a few months ago. And has been kind of floating around, waiting for his sentences, waiting to go to jail. Essentially, just one of those things that the weird part of our our, our system for criminal justice: you get charged, you get convicted, and then you wait a little while to figure out how long you're going to go away. It is how it works sometimes. He was charged to 42 months in prison on last Friday for running a fraudulent ticket resale business that duped investors out of millions of dollars. So, if you're going to do bad things. 
don't get caught. You should probably not do bad things, but if you're going to do bad things, rule number one is don't get caught. Someone else getting caught doing bad things who's not getting any time, any any problems, any jail time. And this is one that really spooked a lot of people out. This is number 12 this week. The headline is, after admitting sex with three boys, substitute teachers spared jail and barred from class only two years. USA Today is the place where we got this from. It was originally published part of the Gannett Group out of Asbury Park Press. Here's a few lines from this story, and yeah, it'll probably upset you a bit. After pleading guilty to having sex with three underage teenagers and sending lewd messages, a substitute teacher in Louisiana was spared jail and could even be held, headed back to the classroom, New Orleans Station WDSU reports. As part of a plea deal, 34-year-old Heidi Demog Vernet pleaded guilty to three misdemeanor counts of carnal knowledge of a juvenile and one count of contributing to the delinquency of a juvenile. He was arrested in 2016. The Terrebonne Parish instructor faced three felony charges, according to the report. The district judge then suspended Verrett's six-month jail term and sentenced the substitute teacher and teacher's aide to two years of unsupervised probation, probation and ordered to pay $900 in fines, Huma today reports. She did not have to register as a sex offender. Hmm. The deal also prohibits Vernet from teaching for two years. However, prosecutors told WDSU it's unlikely she'll be instructing students for the rest of her life because a background check would reveal the conviction, which seems kind of obvious, which is why they probably didn't put so much heavy pressure on that. But one would think a person who not only did this once, allegedly, well, not only allegedly, twice, and then the, uh, the, the third count was just delinquency to a juvenile, you would think something heavier would have happened. I'm not sure exactly how the plea worked out and what she's going to do in the aftermath, but we're definitely um, praying for the, the boys involved and the families there and praying that Miss um, Miss Vernet can um, have a much better life, I guess. The number 13 story this week headline is Europe slams latest UF tariff threat as greatly exaggerated. There you go. So we told this story, this version story from CNBC, because they do a lot of stuff from business, and it was just just kind of obvious. Here are, as they have on the CNBC sites, the key points right off the bat. So if you're too lazy to read long stuff, they'll give it to you right off the bat. Here are the big details from this story or from this actual listing. The EU hits back at the new U.S. proposal to target European goods with tariffs. Uh, this is following the World Trade Organization's ruling over subsidies for the Airbus issue. Uh, trade tensions between U- EU and U.S. flared Monday after U.S. said it's considering $11 billion worth of retaliatory tariffs on a range of goods in response to illegal subsidies the EU granted to the airspace firm. And Belgium's, uh, Brussels, Belgium specifically, signaled that it would retaliate, but um, says that they would be exaggerated, or say that the, the tariffs themselves are exaggerated, very high, extremely not so great. Uh, those are the bizarro words that a man like Donald Trump might use. But instead of saying great, they'd say not great. Uh, essentially, the, um, Europe is getting hit with overly high tariffs to fight back what the settlement from Airbus getting a little bit of, of an advantage. We'll see how that works out. Story in the 14th spot this week. This is the headline. Fisher Price Rock and Play warning issued over 10 babies died. A recall of this actual item. We posted this on we posted this on Saturday, April the 6th, and from USA Today is where we pulled this one from as well. The warning was put on the actual unit. It's a just a regular rock and play thing. If you had a kid, you know what they are. They're little little bouncy things that you put a kid in and they move around and you play around in them. But after 10 infants uh, were uh, died from being using in these things, infants rolling over in the product and, and dying, they've put an extra warning on this. This is something that happens actually fairly often in these things. Uh, there was a very popular chair for babies that you can put a baby in and the baby could sit up. It's, it's you know, the novel thing is babies can't sit up, but you pop in this little chair and all of a sudden they're sitting and they're sitting fairly well. The problem is um, if they wiggle too much, they fall over and and they hurt themselves because their poor little heads aren't developed yet. So a lot of issues are with people in those chairs and those chairs, which were extremely popular at the time, instantly disappeared off the market. 
ironically enough, there are many of those chairs at our kids' daycare, and they didn't quite disappear quite as fast as they did off the market. So maybe that is a bit of a judgment call on our end, but it is what it is. And finally, what is my favorite story in the actual countdown this week, even though it wasn't top 10 material, is just a bit of irony and more proof that in my business, despite the fact that people try to get out of it, words do matter. The words you say, the words you use, and the words you have used in the past do matter. And things like videotape and audio tape and digital recordings do exist. So there's no way you're going to get away from the words you say because thanks to definitely the Internet, things like that, things live forever just have to go deep enough to dig for them. Here is the headline. Ted Lieu plays previous Hitler comments to Candace Owen during white nationalist hearing. Representative Ted Lieu, he's a Democrat of California, played a clip of Candace Owen speaking about Nazi leader Adolf Hitler on Tuesday during a congressional hearing where she was testifying about white nationalism. So there's the rub. Candace Owen is a black woman. That's not not an issue, except she tends to be a very staunch supporter of the conservative, air quote, big C type values, which means uh, she is on the Hill that day. And in general, testifying that the white nationalism problem isn't an actual problem, which I would say it is. And many would say it is. And this is why we're having this sort of debate but the big issue is her actual stances and things that she says and things that she says she believes in. If she's saying them, you have to assume she believes them, at least to the people she's saying. So when Ted Lieu pulled out a recording of a speech she gave a few months ago, which we actually talked about in this countdown, uh, uh, where she's basically giving Hitler high fives for a bit oversimplifying it a bit, you have to wonder if she thought these words would come back to her. And, of course, she tweeted and talked about her being taken out of context. So people tweeted and put out the actual full video in full context. And it was as bad as it seemed in the clip. It's amazing that you can always find someone to defend something. And the people that you can find to defend people are often surprising in itself. And This is not a knock against Candace Owen for being a fighter for the conservative side. It's not the issue. This is a knock against Candace Owen apparently losing reality and saying really, 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 really stupid things in offense in a, in, a, in a way to defend her side. Because right now, the biggest way to defend your side politically is to say something weird and ridiculous and just crazy. Uh, I've said back and forth, not necessarily a fan of um, AOC. I'm not necessarily in, in, in her on her side. But I am a pretty much staunch non-defender. I definitely don't believe in her Green New Deal stuff. It just seems a little wacky, a little overdone, a little crazy. But the people that are currently occupying that side, the political side, are lapping it up because it sounds like the exact opposite of what the other side's doing. Not that it makes any sense. I don't think a Green New Deal makes any sense. No knocks against her. I think her policy is a little wacky. Same thing for the other side, the conservative side, and right now saying that white nationalism is not a big thing, this is not a problem, it's not an issue in the world. But the problem is the people saying the words are, the, the saying the words that's, that white nationalists aren't a problem are saying things that sound like the things that white nationalists want to hear, and white nationalists have a way of saying things that, let's just put it bluntly, as a African-American person, don't necessarily jive with me being in the same planet as they are. So while I don't fault Candace Owen for trying to make some money, trying to dis distinguish herself from other commentators, I do fault her for just being flat out either crazy or lying. Either way, there's a problem. But I have one problem that's completely over right now because the show's over. So if you have a problem with me stammering and stumbling and not reading well, well, next week we'll try much harder. This week, 
we're done. So you're all done for the day. Thank you so much for listening to the full podcast. You don't know how much it 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 just makes my heart feel good that you love talking about great stories, different stories, diverse stories across the world, if you will. And I'm glad to have you part of the show. To be a bigger part of the show, you have to contribute. And it's very simple. Just follow us on Many places. We're on Instagram as well. Instagram we're on at This Is The Conversation. And, of course, the main website is thisistheconversation.com. But to get in your votes for this podcast, you follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation or Facebook at This Is The Conversation. Follow us, and as you see in your daily feed, the stories we're posting from various different sources. We're not sticking to the same sources. We're going all over the place. So left, right, conservative, liberal, we're doing them all. Some even a little fringy sometimes. Check them out, click on the story, engage with it, like it, love it, hate it, share it. Definitely click on it and read it. Don't just don't just take the headline and suck it in. Take the whole story in so you get the full details. And the more engagement a story gets, the higher it goes in rankings and the more we talk about them. Remember, there were a lot of stories between 15 and 199 we didn't talk about today, but we got the best one in because you said which ones were the best. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss out on any episodes. It comes instantly in the podcatcher of your choice. And if you don't have a podcatcher of choice, you can find us on YouTube. And, of course, just stop by the main website and look on ways to subscribe. There's easy ways to get into it. If you're an Apple person, Apple Podcasts is there. There's various ways on Android to get it. And you can just pop it up on your desktop as well. And as I said, YouTube. I listen to a lot of podcasts that do their copy on YouTube as well. And it's just a great way to work there as well. Of course, we need more people in the pool to play the full game. So help people find the podcast by sharing it. Share it with friends. Talk to about it with some enemies. Find random strangers on the street. Take their phones. Pull up the podcast app of your choice because it's not about them. It's about you right now. Uh, Select it. uh, Download it. Hand it back to them. Tell them you're welcome and continue down the way. They will scream thanks to you in many different languages uh, as it walks after you walk by. Trust me, it happens every single time I hear it all the time. You want to contact us, chat with us, email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. You can also email me directly at jclevenpain.net and or or that's my website. You can email me at jclevenpain at gmail.com. Anyway. Hook up, see what's going on, and have fun with us. Check out the website for all the sponsors. Special shout-outs to Cloud9 Living this week. Check out yourbetteryou.info for info on those two podcasts there for personal development. And just make sure you check out more things in the way in the news. Make sure you are informed of what's going on because the best way to get, a while, get around this world and get along with people in this world is to know as much about the world as possible. That's all I ask. Just keep... You don't have to necessarily have an open mind, but just let the other person speak their piece. In the meantime, I'll have another hour to speak my piece next week with the top 10 stories as said by you. You determine what I talk about and we'll find out what it is that will be in about eight ish days for the wrap up show with Jay Cleveland Payne from this is a conversation dot com. <laughs>